we're in the middle of oh my gosh this podcast is always it's always i mean it's interrupting the queen's funeral it gets in the way of all of our lives and apparently our deaths right right uh boy uh, we today what coverage we had on the queen's funeral we nailed it yeah we nailed it yeah, today. by doing none of it no uh, none of it we didn't really <laughs> talk about a it. single word about it Till right now, because it's uh, well, it started about two o'clock in the morning, and uh, you know, clear into the afternoon. That's a good funeral without any booze. Well, can I say that? Well, they had to walk a long time in a straight line. Probably not a lot of booze. Yeah, you know, at least, at least for some of them. Well, at least for some. <laughs> I would have had some, some if I were there. <laughs> it would have yeah. been. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. So today we went over the polls. Uh, We talked to a fascinating woman uh, who's now writing on Substack uh, about how she lost her way with the Democrats. Uh, She was a big Democrat supporter and uh, then started seeing cracks and did something truly remarkable. Started listening to the other side. It's a remarkable interview. You don't want to miss it. All part of today's podcast begins in one minute first here's something amazing tons of americans still don't know that it's possible to use your retirement account to acquire precious metals it can be saving up for retirement also building a protective wall against inflation and other forms of economic insanity like you know the stock market which Stu, i mean Right? Things are going well, Glenn. It, thank you. Mm-hmm. They are going well. The nonstop They're, winning streak lately. Oh, it's mm-hmm. great. Keep your money in that stock market. It's just keep, you know, pour more in. Or contact Goldline. Tell them that I sent you from the podcast. Give Goldline the uh, code MYB, which represents the Mind Your Business Silver Bar. It can give you as just a thank you for calling in. So just request the information. You can do it at their website, goldlight.com, or get the silver bars by calling 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE. Find out how they can help you. Here's today's podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck Program. Last night, uh, our president was um, was on television on 60 Minutes, and it was an amazing softball game. Uh, but the the president announced a couple of things. Uh, the pandemic is over. You know, he's I know. Did you know that? I didn't. I, yeah, I, pandemic's I'm over. surprised to hear that. I mean, I've been saying it for a long time. I know you have as well. Yeah. But I'm surprised to hear the president. Yeah, yeah. Um, He also said he vows to get in control of inflation, but inflation is basically even. Here's cut four, please. Mr. President, as you know, last Tuesday, the annual inflation rate came in at 8.3%. The stock market nosedived. People are shocked by their grocery bills. What can you do better and faster? Well, first of all, let's put this in perspective. Mm Mm-hmm. Inflation rate month to month was just a, 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 just an inch. Stop. Hardly please. at all. Stop right there. <laughs> month to month is not how you measure inflation. He knows this. It's it's not 8.2 to 8.2 month to month, meaning it's flat. It is 8.2% higher than last, uh, what, September or, or August. Last August, a year ago. 
So remember the high inflation that we all had and we're like, whoa, prices are out of control. It's up another 8.2%. It's not flat. It's an annualized rate. Gosh, these people, the, the lies. I don't know how they sleep at night. All right, here you go next. Oh, you're not arguing that 8.3 is good news. No, I'm not saying it is good news, but it was 8.2 or 8.2 before. I mean, it's not, you're, maybe I can make it sound like all of a sudden, my God, it went to 8.2%. It's, been, it's the highest inflation rate, Mr. President, in 40 years. I got that. But guess what we are? We're in a position where for the last several months it hasn't spiked. It has just <laughs> barely, it's been basically even. This is incredible. He, he's basically arguing the fact that it, that the inflation has hit the American people for a longer period of time is good news. Yeah. Like, hey, you, you've dealt with this terrible problem for six months or 12 months, not just the one. So therefore, you shouldn't worry about it. Like, no, the problem is existing and it has peaked and we've stayed right near the peak here for month after month after month after month that just keeps hitting families over and over and over again if it was just a one month spike and it went away that wouldn't be that big of a problem the problem is that it's going on for now a year or more and he has seemingly no way of controlling it okay and he went on to talk about gas prices look core inflation and you know this i don't have to say this if if somebody needs to do their own homework just go grocery shopping go grocery shopping what were you paying last year? What were you paying two years ago? The prices are through the roof. Now, gasoline has come down off of its five-year high. Why? Because gasoline, he has been draining our strategic oil reserves. Do we still have that chart I showed last week? Stu hasn't seen it yet. This is amazing. Um, our oil reserves are on a reverse hockey stick. It is just plummeting down. Uh, and what are we going to do? We are getting rid of our strategic oil reserves. For what? An election. That's why. Now, energy crisis in Europe is going to spread here. Because it's not just what Russia is doing. That's not the only problem. The problem is they are ahead of us on all this ESG stuff. I told you, <laughs> I told you last week, and I've always told you that I'm bad at timing. And I am. Uh, I mean, this time I was three days ahead. I couldn't believe it when I opened up uh, the paper on Saturday. And I'm reading about how... Germany is now nationalizing three of their power plants. I told you nationalization would come. Nationalization will come here as well. And then we become Venezuela. What's going to happen is these energy prices are not going to be affordable by any stretch of the imagination. They're already going through this in uh, England. But England right now is so focused and the media is so focused on, can we put the poor woman into the ground, please? Um, but they're so focused on all of this. And I don't know if the media will ever tell you what's really going on. But they're now talking about printing at the central bank, the Bank of London or uh, of England. They're now talking about more money printing. Because they don't have the money in their coffers 
to be able to pay for everybody's electric bills because they've promised they would pay anything over 2,500 pounds a month. Well, so that's just going to drive inflation in the UK through the roof. It will devalue their British pound. And it will force them to nationalize these companies because these companies will not be able to deal with the price caps. And so the government will say, see, they can't do it. The free market just doesn't work. And they will nationalize. This is coming. It's coming here. By the way, something else you probably didn't know is last week, Putin meant with President uh, Z. President Z, they are meeting about a new currency. I've told you for 20 years, the currency will be debased. It is. That's why we have inflation. Our currency is being debased. So what do you do about it? Everybody told me, Glenn, it's never going to crash. We're the we're the best out there. Everybody else's currency. And I've said for 20 years, do you really believe that no one at any time will draw a line in the sand and say enough is enough? We can do better than this. That's exactly what China, Russia, and the BRIC countries are doing right now. Developing a new currency that will put us into a tailspin. And our government knows it, but they're not telling you. Why else would they be talking about a digital currency? The White House, in surprise of all surprises, has come out this weekend and said... We recommend the Fed goes to a new digital currency, a new digital dollar. Why? Because the dollar is going to collapse. I, I urge you not to take anything that I have just said as gospel. Look it all up yourself. It is critical that you know the truth and you know how to find the truth. The best way to find the truth, the best starting place, is who's telling you, you have to listen to me because I have the truth or I have, quote, the science, and you will not be allowed to question anything. Any question of what I believe is true makes you my enemy. Anyone who tells you that does not have the truth on their side. That's the first test. Then you have to go and explore all sides. And I urge you and your neighbors and your friends to do that. Time is becoming critical. So the White House has said now that they're going to create, they recommend creating a new digital dollar. We told you they were going to do that, uh, what, a year ago, year and a half ago, because it has already uh, been done. I think it's called the Madison Project or Hamilton, Ham, probably the Hamilton Project up in uh, at MIT. Do you remember, Stu? It's been a while since we've talked about this, um, but now they are releasing their first ever comprehensive framework for responsible development of digital assets 
And Biden also said this. And I'm going to play this, and then I want to take a break and comment on it. Because it, when you are redesigning a world, uh, and there are several people doing that now. Everybody who is um, a globalist is doing that. They're dividing up the world and uh, taking their own positions and hunkering down. Um, we have unfortunately are uh, on the receiving end of China. Now, China, do they have the the will? Yes. Do they have the people? Yes. Do they have the money? No, but neither do we. But we are on a collision course now with China. And I'll give you the update on that. But first, let me play uh, what Joe Biden said yesterday. Cut one. If there's a one China policy, then Taiwan makes their own judgments about their independence. We are not moving. We're not encouraging their being independent. We're not. Let, that's their decision. But would U.S. forces defend the island? Yes, if in fact there was an unprecedented attack. After our interview, a um, White House official told us U.S. policy has not changed. <laughs> Officially, the U.S. It's will not time. say whether American forces would defend Taiwan. But the Those commander in chief sure had a view of his own. So unlike Ukraine, to be clear, sir, U.S. forces, U.S. men and women would defend Taiwan in the event of a Chinese invasion. Yes. Is that the stable leadership you voted for? This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. And don't forget, rate us on iTunes. Sasha Stone is uh, with us now. Sasha, how are you? Oh, I'm fine. Hi, is this Glenn? Am I speaking with Glenn Beck? Yeah. <laughs> Probably something wow. you never thought you would do. Uh, absolutely never something I, I thought I would do, but I, I am familiar with your, your, uh, your thoughts and uh, on certain things. I've watched you, your interviews with different people yeah. um, over the year. Yeah. Um, so, Sasha, you were, you've been a diehard Democrat, um, Obama, Clinton, um, and uh, and Joe Biden, right? You made video about Joe Biden trying to get him elected. Yes. I mean, I, I want to tell you that I devoted my entire life, unfortunately, to this cause. Um, whole years have disappeared from my life. And, you know, as you get older, you really need the, that time. You need it yeah. back and you yeah. can't get it back. So I guess I thought I was on some sort of crusade, um, spending every single day arguing on Twitter and Facebook and writing blistering pieces for medium and you know i really did think i was on the right side um and i i felt the same sense of purpose that i think a lot of people on the left felt after obama rose to power uh, in 2008 i think it just that's when it became i know you're interested in and in, you know talking about religions and stuff like that and i think that's really the moment that it became a religion mm. um i i would i would agree with you um what um what was it that you voted for with Joe Biden and you think your friends voted for with Joe Biden? Well, for me, it was strategic partly, but also I had sort of a emotional connection to him somehow. I had over the years. I don't know where it came from, but um, I, I, I liked him. He reminded me of my dad and 
I thought he was a good guy, but you know, you have to remember that on our side, like we, we actually, it, it's weird that people with so much power and wealth uh, that dominate almost yeah. every institution would feel like they're the ones who are besieged, you know, that they're the mm-hmm. oppressed side. And I think that's what we definitely convinced ourselves that we were, we were stopping, you know, Hitler. And I believe that Joe Biden was the only one who could do it. But I did get a lot of heat from my, uh, my, my friends who didn't think Biden was the guy. And um, I feel sort of somewhat guilty about that, that I didn't see it. I just thought, oh, he'll win and that'll be fine. And, you know, everything will be um, everything will be back to, quote unquote, normal in America. And what that meant was rolling back the forward motion of this country to the Obama administration, to the Obama era. I think that's what everybody was thinking. But what I've learned in the past few years is you can't go back. You know, mm-hmm. you have to keep moving forward. There's no other option, really. If you try to hold on to the past, you're just going to be selling things but that people are no longer interested in. Wouldn't that be what, I mean, that's what Joe Biden says he's selling and Barack Obama is mm-hmm. uh, part of, of, you know, the, the plan here and moving his vision forward. Isn't that what yeah. he did? Absolutely. And I think that's the problem is that they're so desperately trying to, to cling to the utopia that, that we all built um, that they've lost sight of, of reality, the reality of most Americans, uh, the reality that America has changed, the world has changed, the left has changed. And, and I don't think that they see that. They're just desperate to hold on to the past. And, um, and I think they, they see it as, and I've started to see it as, a fight between Obama's America and Trump's America, um, which is a little like the, um, the moment that, you know, back in the 60s when they were switching from JFK to Nixon, Nixon was sort of like the disruptor. And then eventually they moved to Reagan in 1980, and then the whole pendulum shifted to the right. I think that's sort of where we are now. We're in that struggle phase of a disruptor that's breaking up the status quo as the pendulum is beginning to swing to the right, but it's going to be a while before we get there. And it might not get there if, if, uh, if the Democrats hold on to power, they're not going to let that happen. This, I mean, I'm sure we disagree on still a lot of stuff. Would you can, you wouldn't consider yourself uh, a conservative. You, you're just a, a, a traditional liberal, I'm guessing. Well, I am in sort of a strange place because I have, I, I was telling one of my best friends, you know, my friends basically no longer speak to me. Most of them don't because we don't really have anything to talk about. Um, yeah. but, but, you know, I, I kept saying no. I mean, in all this time, I, my policies haven't changed in my mind. Like the things that I, the one area where, where my mind has changed a little bit is with abortion. Um, I used to be one of those people, you know. But I, I've, st- I've seen the other side of it. I see things from the perspective of the right now, and I understand why this is something that they've been fighting for decades, you know. Um, so I do struggle with these things. I, I, I find myself in an in-between place. I'm not, really, I'm not really sure where I would go politically, you know, when faced with a ballot. I live in California, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> it's such a deep blue state that wow. my vote is meaningless, you know. So I don't. I don't have to, like, if I lived in Pennsylvania or or Arizona, you know, honestly, I'm pretty sure I would just be voting red. I voted for uh, the recall, and I voted for Larry Elder for that. Um, 
So I, you know, I'm just, I'm just one of those independents that's going to take every election as it comes and decide, you know, on the spot. But no, I'm not a traditional conservative, uh, the way that you are, for instance. And, yeah. You know, I don't have that sort of sense of purpose. I think that that a lot of people on the right have. So, um, what was it that broke the camel's back? Well, um, I'm not really sure what happened in my brain that, that changed the way that I saw the world, but I know it happened in 2020. I know it happened once the, the protests and the riots broke out and then watching the media cover it up and change the story and change the narrative. And then as we headed into the election, I just kept seeing how there was a, a sort of an administrative state that was taking over a, the democratic process. That's how I saw it anyway. And I was, I was sort of blown away by that. I'd never seen anything like that before, but there was so much money and power invested in bringing down a duly elected president that they didn't like. Right. And that's what started but you didn't, but you didn't mind. like Donald Trump or did you? Well, that was the hard thing. And the weird thing is that when I decided to, well, you know, you, you, you talk about this a lot, actually, Glenn, which is the dehumanization of pe- whole groups of people that, that is reminiscent of Nazi Germany. And I felt that when I was on Twitter, I was part of that. And it gave me a chill that I was dehumanizing a whole group of people. And I thought, where does this end? Where does all of right. the hatred every single day go? You know, they think the right is the side with the hate, but they're not. It's the left. And so I started in, in my way of trying to get to know this world. I began watching Trump rallies and I watched all of his, I still, to this day, I've seen every single Trump rally, you know, looking for that smoking gun that would say, yes, mm. he's, a, he's a terrible racist, fascist, selling hate. But I, I didn't see that with Trump. In fact, it's hard to watch him and not like him because he's charming <laughs> and you, charismatic and funny. And funny people who really hate him, uh, and they've missed a really good time on his on his rallies. He's funny. He's very funny. He is really funny. And, and it was more than that. I was in such a dark place. And the only nobody believes me on this, but the only moments of joy I had was watching those rallies because everybody was happy. It was kind of like the people of Whoville when the Grinch has taken away all of their toys and their Christmas tree and everything, and he's waiting to watch them suffer, but they don't, they sing and they're happy. And, and I was watching this and I was thinking, you know, and then I started to look forward to his rallies. I'm like, okay, let's see that the music would start and he'd come out. And it was just a love fest, you know, people who were, who had hope, you know, that he gave them hope. And I didn't see the cult, you know, I see the cult more on the left than I do on the right. And um, people don't know this about Trump, but he's, he makes a lot of jokes at his own expense. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, when I explain this to people, like the one where he says that the guy, one of the governors or something, plucked a hair off of his head. And he's like, and we went looking for that hair because <laughs> 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 he couldn't afford to lose one hair. But he's always making jokes at his own expense, jokes about his vanity. And, so you and he's funny. But but hang on. So you watched all of these and yet you voted in and made videos about Joe Biden, right? No, I mean, I had done all that before. Oh, before. So I mean, you. OK. All right. Biden train. And yeah, in 2019. OK. And as I was heading into the 2020 election, I was talking to my friends. I had two friends that are that Trump haters. In fact, they won't even speak to me now really about Trump. They call him evil. 
they say his supporters must be exterminated. Terrible stuff oh like that. Oh, my gosh. And um, I know. And I said, you know what you sound like, don't you? you? You know what the word exterminate was used for, don't you, in regards to people. And, and that did shut them up for a minute, but they really, they're so full of hate. I've never seen anything like this in, in my entire life, honestly, that kind of dehumanization. But um, but I kept saying to them, you know, I'm I'm not so sure about Biden. I don't think he should be president. And they're like, well, what do you think? You know, what's the alternative? Trump? Trump is way worse. And I said, I don't know. I, I'm seeing this sort of bizarre new religion that's overtaken the left, and he's going to usher that into government. And that's really dangerous. And he's old. And I mean, I, I, not old as in that's a bad thing, but I could see that he was declining. Yeah. You know, since I saw him at a luncheon in 2019, he was already starting to decline mentally and i'd seen my dad go through dementia the year before and i was recognizing a lot of the same downward um, patterns that that my dad went through and they just shut me down and um and honestly glenn to tell you the truth i i do have a business that i run that is a hollywood business I oh my god movie studios no oh. i'm just saying like i am flirting with disaster here oh you are yeah. if i had if I had voted for Trump, let's say, my career would be, I wouldn't make another dime ever if they ever found out, right? So I didn't vote for Trump. I did vote for Biden. And I did it for that reason, honestly. And wow, I don't know where I am politically. I have to just really do some soul searching and figure that out because I don't really know at the moment. So, <laughs> boy, you are in a <laughs> nasty predicament. You are in California. <laughs> uh, you, your yes. business is tied to Hollywood. God bless you. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. but you're not shy about things now. You've got a great Substack, stack uh, and Thank y- you. you wrote uh, an article how Joe Biden lost my vote. And uh, it was it was heartening to see um, somebody that had uh, taken their own education and decided this might take me places I don't want to go, but. I want to know the truth. Is that how you would describe yeah. what you did? That's a absolutely brilliant way of describing it. That I, I, you know, that that is where that is where my mind took me. It's, it's taken me down a lot of rabbit holes over the years. You know, Watergate, the Salem witch trials, World War Two. I'm a fanatic for that. You know, and and so when I find that something doesn't seem quite right, it you know, I have to sort of investigate it. And um, and I, I feel like that the truth matters to me. This is what I've found now in my, my life is that that matters more than just about anything except my daughter, probably maybe my dogs. But I mean, it, it matters that, uh, you know, that we see the truth, that we can speak the truth, that I can speak the truth. I grew up in a country, you know, the left was always the counterculture. So, you know, we were encouraged to speak the truth always. Um, and now I'm being asked to modify my version, you know, to, to believe a lie, a lot of lies about people. And I feel like the only thing that really matters to me right now is um, giving some relief to the other half of the country, to the people who are being treated so terribly um, on almost every level. Uh, you know, once I started to get to know this world, I began watching like documentaries in the Oscar race, because that's what I write about the Oscars. And I just noticed how they reflect only one point of view. 
and how limiting that was for them, right? They cannot, they can't tell the story of the working man anymore. Like they used to be able to, you know, because the working man is, is going to be most likely a Trump supporter. <laughs> so, and, you, know, and you never saw, off. and you never saw that when you were in the bubble. No. And that was the weird thing is when I realized I was in a bubble, I kept trying to tell people, I can't talk to you. You're in the bubble. They thought I was a lunatic. They thought I completely lost my mind. I did sound crazy to them. And, you know, I've thought about it a lot. Um, and I, I, you know, I've been online for 28 years. I've, I was an early adopter. I got online in 1994. I built a website in 1999. Mm. So I know the internet well. And I have to conclude that a lot of this has to do with how we've migrated onto social media and become these, you know, in our own little um, ecosystems where, you know, on Twitter, they only get news that they want to hear. So it distorts their thinking. And, and I noticed that that's why I had to cut off the news completely, because I noticed that even if I watch one news story on the left, they can completely persuade me to think, you know, about something a different way. But it's one thing if you're getting that from both sides. And you're deciding for yourself. Yes. And it's another thing when you're only watching the one version. And, um, and I've just found that, honestly, the more critical thinkers, the more intelligent people, oh, this is so terrible to say, but they're on the right now. You know, they're not on the left anymore. The left has, you know, become a movement that they believe they have all the answers now. And the answers are found in ranking people by race and gender uh, not by class or economics and, um, or and by I think character. They, they think that that's, <laughs> or by character. Right. Um, even though if you go into Trump world, you'll see it's incredibly diverse. Mm -hmm. It's not just white people. And, and that's the next piece I'm about to write is about that, because I think that it's such a, a crazy thing to watch. Uh, them stereotype and characterize people yeah. that doesn't line up with reality. We're going to pick it up there. Uh, stand by. Her name is Sasha Stone, and you can find her at sashastone.substack.com. The best of the Glenn Beck program. to Sasha Stone, who was a pretty hardcore Democrat and is uh, and had a lot to lose and has come out and now very publicly on sub of Substack uh, been voicing concern about where the country is headed and why she is now defending uh, the people that the left and in particular Joe Biden in his blood red speech. Uh, uh, it was attacking. Um, Sasha, thank you for staying with us. Um, mm -hmm. I, I believe that it's 15 to 20 percent of the left is hardcore. Uh, they want an end to the, you know, Bill of Rights as we know it and everything else. But 80 percent of Democrats are not like that. They they like America, generally speaking. I mean, we have problems and flaws, but they don't want it to be destroyed. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I do. And in fact, uh, Biden was a bit of a Trojan horse in that way. Um, I think that the, the people that have overtaken the party, the ideology that's overtaken the party really spilled out of Tumblr 
uh, as Generation Z grew up and, and came of age on social media and then have foisted their sort of newfound religion on, on to, the, to the left, and they have taken it, unfortunately, and not stood up to it. And if any of them ever stood up to it, Gavin Newsom or any of these guys, they would do really well with voters because voters don't want that in power. In fact, that's going to be their um, their tragic flaw, I think, or their downfall ultimately is that they have, still have to sell these policies and, and Americans aren't going to go for it. They're going to resist it. The trick is what Biden is doing and why I've given up on him and why I'm angry at him is that he's decided that the only way they can win is by dehumanizing people and creating this this unfiltered, bottomless rage toward his own citizens, you know, and, and say what you will about Trump, but he never did that. He might have trolled them, you know, he might have. He trolled the media. He trolled, he trolled the, media. the media. Yeah, but he didn't really go after the people. They kept accusing him of that, but he never did it. Joe Biden is doing what they all have said that Trump would do. So you you wrote a, a great piece on Substack. The uh, semi-fascists are coming from inside the House. Well, thank and you, Glenn. It yeah. is, it's interesting to me that the left either discounts or cannot see um, the fascistic things that are happening like crazy every day. It's another mm-hmm. violation um, that only a, a, a dictator or author, authoritarian would even think about doing. Um, mm-hmm. how, how, how do we get people to see that? I don't know. And I don't think it's actually possible. The people who listen to me are not people on the left, right? They demonize me and put me on the other side of the fence, right? They, they don't, uh, so I don't know how you break through to that. Normally so, we would have journalists and artists, but we don't have that now. So, well, we're starting to, we're starting to get comedians. Um, when you, when you say the left, I'm not, um, I, I just don't know how you save people who are on just on that far left that, you know, celebrates abortion and, and uh, and says that right. America is evil and capitalism, you know, has brought only misery. I don't know if you're ever going to be able to convince them. I mean, the 80 percent that you and I both think exist that are Democrats who have got to be watching this going. I don't know. I'm, I'm not I'm not all that comfortable with all of this. Well, I don't know if you watched um, Frank Luntz had a, uh, a group of people that he was talking to just recently, and they were talking about how bad things are in America and they could sense it, but they couldn't name it because I don't think that they have, they can, you know, the media is reaching them. And so either they've tuned out of cable news or else every time they turn on the news, um, they, they just see what is basically filtered up through the left that you're talking about, the small major- minority that controls the party. But the problem is that, you know, it, the way that the left talks about the Trump right, you know, they say the Republican Party isn't, can't be saved because the Trump people have infiltrated, so you just have to vote out all of them. I mean, funnily enough, that's sort of true of them. Left, right? it's, I, I have yeah. I have found over the years, whatever the left says that we're doing or that Trump is doing or whatever, they're absolutely doing that. They, they self-diagnose absolutely. all the time, all the time. That's right. And that took me a while to figure out. But the, but that's exactly it. Like, that's really the truth that 
they're their own worst enemy in that regard, right? They're losing the silent majority, just like they did back in the late 60s and 70s. Um, I think, like you said, most people are, you know, decent. I walk around my neighborhood every day and I say hello to my neighbors. And, you know, we don't know who we each voted for or what we think politically. We smile. We would take care of each other in an emergency, you know, and that's the America that I love and would love for all to, all to get back to is just to be able to see each other as people again, you know. And um, and the right isn't doing that to the left. The left is doing that to the right. So that is why I find myself in this position of trying to wake people up. I don't know that I'm being effective at all, however. I think, as I wrote in that piece, they need to have a hard lesson taught to them by being simply voted out uh, of power. I think we're all getting a hard lesson here uh, soon uh, yeah. if we don't turn yeah. around. Um, uh, Sasha, so what was the thing that, I mean, you had... I know because I used to be pro-choice uh, 30 years ago, um, and I realized I was a nincompoop. I didn't know anything. I, every view I held was because it had been taught to me or I, it was popular or whatever. And so, you know, I turned 30 and I realized, oh, what an idiot. And so mm. I started doing, um, you know, study and really tried to form, you know, who I really was. And it took me about 10 years, but I remember in that 10-year period of, of thinking, I don't want, I don't know if I want to be that guy. I, and if I go, keep going down this road, I'm, it looks like, I mean, I'm starting to believe these things, and I don't want to be that guy. You had the, um, the other, which is you're going to be a pariah. Not only did you maybe not want to be that person um, that believed, you know, that the right was right. Uh, but you also risked all of your friends and your business. First, how do you, what would you say to somebody who's just beginning that journey? Uh, and the second part of that is what made you finally say to hell with it? I don't care. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> uh, well, the first part is that it, it took me a while to edge over to the right. Like I did, was sort of first approaching the never Trump conservatives. And I actually met Joe Walsh. You know who he is. And mm -hmm. um, I had a phone call with him once. And I asked him, you know, you're a libertarian. How come you are not pro-choice? And he explained to me that because he believed that the baby had a right to life. And he was looking out for the rights of that child. And that, when he told me that, it was the first time I ever really thought, I know it seems stupid, but it was the only time I really, you know, I bought the whole thing from the feminist yeah. movement. I was raised by a feminist. I was a feminist. You know, I don't, I'm not exactly thrilled with, you know, population on this planet and all that. You know, I, not to be too TMI about it, but I bought it enough that I've experienced it. And I know that it's painful emotionally and physically. And it is something, the only thing that I regret in my life. And I tell my daughter all the time, don't do it. It's not worth it. And so I am discouraged by the Democrats treating it like it's like getting your ears pierced. Yeah. It's a very difficult, very hard thing. And to look at people on the right who care about the, the, the right to life of the fetus, you know, is, is, is just to have compassion for them mm -hmm. and to understand where they're coming from and to see that this is a deeply held belief. It's not, I want to control women's bodies or I'm a fascist. It's, 
I, you know, I think that this is this child's life matters. And it's weird that the left acts as though they care about every life, you know, that they that they really do care about everybody's identity and that they you know, spend so much time on that. But a fetus to them is just nothing. You know, it's, it doesn't it's not life. So I can I can see both sides. Like, I don't know that I'm for the government regulating that. I feel like that's sort of a recipe, you know, for kind of maybe authoritarianism that we don't really want. Mm-hmm. But how else to get people to, you know, stop and be a little more sober about this conversation? Um, so what finally made me say, forget it? Well, you know what? I don't really know. I guess I've just been, uh, I, I guess I have to come from a place of that Bob Dylan line, you know, when you ain't got nothing, you've got nothing to lose. Mm. Um, to where I can't, people treat me terribly online. You, you probably have, well, I mean, I'm sure it's only a fraction of what you might get, but, you know, <laughs> I've been treated like a swarmed and bullied and harassed yeah. Yeah, and yeah. called the white supremacist and, and, you know, I mean, the worst names you could ever imagine. And I feel like, you know, what's the alternative, you know, staying silent and hoping that one day they, they treat me nicely, you know, like that's not, and if it's just about money, well, I'm just going to have to take that risk, you know, and find another way to make money. You know, I did it once. I can do it again. Hmm. Um, you know, I, 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 I don't know. I, something just compels me to move in this direction and I'm not sure what it is. And uh, all I can hope is it's the right, it's the right decision. Yeah. <laughs> it's too late now. Yeah. Well, uh, oh, it's never too late. They would probably welcome you back um, if you would join the <laughs> if you would join the the Get'em Club. Um, Sasha right. will be reading you. Thank you so much for talking to me. Um, and honestly, I have so res- so much respect for people, even if they come to completely different conclusions than I did. I have so much uh, admiration for people who will examine the things about them or the things that they believe um, when it takes them into very uncomfortable territory uh, and they they just stick to it and do it. I, I, there's just that is a defining moment of when you really, truly become, in, in my case, a man. Uh, and a citizen. So, well, thank you for having me. It's, it, you know, it is, I do appreciate you reaching out. I, I have listened to you a lot, and I know that that's where you're coming from. And um, and it's been an interesting conversation. So, thank, <laughs> thank you. That's <you. laughs> usually a bad <laughs> sign. Oh, it's very very interesting, <laughs> Sasha. No, no, no. I know what you. No, I know what you're saying. Thank you so much, S- uh, Sasha Stone. Uh, you can follow her at sashastone.substack.com. She is writing some very powerful articles right now. Na, 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 na.